This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Good morning, I'm Ann Romer and welcome to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. And by the way, Happy New Year. Bob Broadstock is a very well-known Ontario quarter horse breeder. He's also the president of the Ontario-based quarter racing owners of Ontario Incorporated. And he joins us today for the first time on this show to talk about the quarter horse industry in Ontario as Ajax Downs prepares for its quarter horse race meeting later this spring. And friend of the show, James McDonald, joins us. And Jay Mack, what a surprise, who was leading driver at Woodbine Mohawk Park again this year, steering 400 winners with purse earnings of over $8.8 million. So those 400 victories put James in a special category with only five drivers in history winning 400 or more races in a single season at Woodbine Mohawk Park. James repeated as Woodbine Mohawk Park's leading driver again in 2022 and is poised to repeat as the winner of the O'Brien Award for Canada's leading driver in this country, which will be awarded in February. And you know what? It would not be a new year without a visit from Mark McKelvey, Woodbine's Senior Manager of Communications. Mark will be joining us shortly as we recap both the Woodbine Thoroughbred and Woodbine Mohawk Park Standard Bread racing seasons and also look ahead to what may be in store at both tracks this coming year. And here's the best part. He's back. My co-host Larry Simpson will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine Mohawk Park and some other North American tracks that are racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. It's going to be a fantastic show, so you better get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action today. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us as we catch up on some recent horse racing news. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live-streamed horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, 
Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer, and let me introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Larry Simpson. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. So we've got an exciting year ahead of us. What is is reaching out to you right now in terms of what to look forward to in 2023 in the world of horse racing? Well, I think you know we're almost on the uh, Kentucky Derby. We are on the Kentucky Derby Trail right now. They're starting to uh, you know with, with the prep races for points to qualify for the big race. And then we've got the, the three breeds of uh, racing here. We've got the quarter horses. We've got. Uh, you know, the standardbreds and uh, the thoroughbreds. And I think there's big things planned for, you know, everybody, you know, had a great, I'm going to say a good year in 2022. And now there's some momentum going forward uh, here in, in the province. So, uh, you know, I think it's going to work out very well. And speaking of momentum, fundraising when it comes to Lymphoma Canada. And I want to talk about January 15th through to the 31st, the online silent auction. Yes, it's our second one. And we we spoke about it at the last couple of shows uh, last year. Uh, we've got some great uh, sports memorabilia and some uh, horse racing memorabilia up for grabs and some uh, dining experiences uh, from uh, Woodbine. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be great. And uh, we decided to go just a half of the month of January instead of the whole month and because it just, I think people maybe lost a little bit of focus last year. But... Yeah, we're hoping to uh, raise some more money for Lymphoma Canada, and uh, yeah, the uh, we'll be posting the uh, the basically the items for auction on the Lymphoma Canada website uh, probably around the twelfth of uh, of January. So, why is this important to you, Larry, and why does it also embrace the horse racing world? Well, it's uh, it's important to me because I was diagnosed with uh, lymphoma back in 2020, and uh, that's how I kind of paired up with Lymphoma Canada. And we do have our own charity that we run through the uh, the radio show called Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma, where people can go on to Lymphoma Canada's website and and pledge a donation to it, and yeah, and then we just decided last year to kind of spice it up a little bit and do the online auction, and uh, it uh, helped me get rid of some of my uh, sports memorabilia, <laughs> which was <laughs> collecting Here's dust. An, yeah, I bet your wife is happy about that. <laughs> yeah, she that. is. She is. So, but uh, that's great. And yeah. it, it it's, so January fifteenth through the thirty first. Keep an eyeball out for that, and we'll continue to talk about this in in on the next show for sure. Yep. I want to bring in someone that I've never met before, but I'm really interested in his past and in his future. Bob Broadstock. He's the president of the Quarter Racing Owners of Ontario, also a major breeder of quarter horses right here in our province. Welcome to the show. Welcome to Ponies Twenty Four Seven, the radio magazine show. Bob Broadstock. Nice to meet you all. Okay, Bob, let's uh, talk a little bit about the... Uh, where did your interest in quarter horses come from? These had started a long time ago. I, uh, because of a girl, got into horses. <laughs> and uh, through working to pay for my board, I hooked up with Joe Tavares, who is a trainer from the 80s that has still stuck it out to this day. I started working for him, and... It doesn't take long to develop a passion for horse racing. I always kind of say the the horse sets the hook in your heart, mm. and uh, you get addicted to it. So it's one of those things that 
is a wonderful experience, and it's very exciting to be a part of. I'm so thrilled that you're a major breeder of quarter horses right here in this province. Can you tell us a little bit more about the inner workings of your farm in Scugog Township? Yeah, so my my wife and I have uh, purchased 100 acres back in 2006. We've built barns, we've built paddocks, we've built uh, haying equipment and everything else that goes along with it to ensure that we can do not just training of racehorses, but we also love the breeding side of it. It's very uh, exciting to have babies in the springtime. This time is a year is right now. And when you bring those babies along, you see them growing out in the field and then get to take them to the racetrack and perform well on the racetrack. It's always uh, a gift. The uh, quarter racing owners of Ontario, talk about that. And how did you get involved with that? So again, Joe Tavares is the one that got me hooked up mm-hmm. with them. Uh, he was the president at one time, and they were looking for members to be active and be part of that board of directors and to bring new thoughts to an industry that requires that on an ongoing basis. The world moves fast forward fast, and horse racing tends to drag along a little behind. So uh, that's what got me in. I've been a part of it for a very, very long time, since the early 90s, and it is a group that's very dynamic. We ran racing at Ajax or the old Peacock Downs for a number of years before uh, the big expansion and Ajax Downs was developed. But it is, our horsemen are very active in the running of the racetrack as much as the running of the horses. Bob, quarter horse racing is really popular in certain parts of the U.S. Do you see it at any point becoming that way here in Ontario? So we have a very exciting fan base. A, a typical Sunday racing, we will have, you know, between two and 5,000 people show up. It's an exciting form of racing, so it's very fast. I call it drag racing with horses. <laughs> they come out of those gates like lightning, uh, and the race is over and done before you know it. So people, we, we have a good following, and people have learned to, to enjoy the quarter horse racing. We also have some 110-yard dash races that are kind of like, the Usain Bolt of horse racing, where a horse can come out of those gates in front of the crowd, finish in front of the crowd in less than seven seconds. Wow. Wow. That, that's, that's fast. That's fast. <laughs> it's very, very fast. Yeah. Well, I guess quarter horses, the same as the standard breads and thoroughbreds, everybody's trying to build the brand, right, and, and bring new people in as, uh, as fans and betters and owners. Right, so you've you've done some dabbling in bringing uh, quarter horse owners into the business, correct? Yeah. So uh, at the QROI, we we developed a syndicate program that is uh, a little different than some of the other breeds, where it's a fixed amount of money. You come in for twenty five hundred dollars, and you get to be part of two horses racing for two years. No other expenses are involved. It's all taken care of in that one time fee. And we also take it a step further. It's not just about racing. We have days up at the farm where the, all of the syndicate members come up to the farm. They see their horses. They see the baby horses. We have some food. We have some drink. And we just have, we make it as much about horse racing as the horse and then the experience itself. Because owning a horse and being a part of it and feeling that connection to what's happening on the racetrack just takes that fan experience to a new level. It's almost like a lifestyle, if you will. Mm-hmm. It definitely grabs you, like I said early on, where it hooks your heart. When when most of our syndicate folks that are not typical horse people, but they 
were fans and they wanted to get more involved, they looked at it very differently. And that experience is, is, is what they're there for. And they're very passionate about. So you've piqued my interest and I'm sure everybody listening as well. Where would I go to find out more about the horse ownership package that you just talked about? Well, definitely you go to our website. It's uroi.com or give us a call 905-426-7050. Monique is at the office. She will be more than happy to help you through the process of finding out everything there is to know about quarter horse racing. Okay. And and what is the uh, criteria, Bob, if somebody wants to become a member of uh, your association? So that depends on your level of involvement. So grooms, and uh, hot walkers, pony riders are automatically a part of our association. As owners and trainers, there's a, a small fee in an application, but uh, everybody is more than welcome uh, to be a part of our organization because we do represent them when dealing with the racetrack, when dealing with the Alcohol and Gaming Commission, when dealing with Ontario Racing. We present all aspects of, of quarter horse racing, from the breeder to the jockey to the trainer. We, we want to represent everyone in a good way. And when you say that you represent everyone in a good way, what do you mean? What would be an example of, of what you would do for someone who's a member? So uh, currently we're looking at developing new programs to support the industry and to support the ownership that we do have, and then to bring back and, and encourage new investment in quarter horse racing. So we've been holding some uh, racing committee meetings that we call them, where our entire membership is involved in the process of determining how funds for quarter horse racing are going to be utilized in the coming years. Talk a little bit about your farm again. Uh, I think I read somewhere that uh, you've got a, an actual starting gate there to, for, oh. to train the horses and that. Is that correct? For sure. So we, we do not have on-track stabling. We are much like the standard right industry, where all the training happens at the farm. Mm-hmm. Part of that is, if you're going to do a good job, you need a starting gate. You need an equisizer. You need all the staff that it takes to make these horses the best equine athletes in the world. And uh, that is what we commit ourselves to continuing to do. I'm fascinated by all of this. Equine athletes, I think that's a great expression. In your personal life and your personal view, has there been a quarter horse that has captured your heart? Uh, there are many. Uh, my best racehorse ever, her name was All Whacked Out. Uh, <laughs> she is All Whacked Out. She's a very tough mare, but she won multiple stakes. She has produced horses. Uh, we breed her now, and some of her babies have gone on to win stakes races. Uh, she's just a really nice horse. I'm actually in the process of shipping her to Louisiana to breed to a top stallion from the south southern U.S. to bring up here and uh, increase our population here. Uh, and then a few of my homebred ones that have they're 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 still at the farm. Uh, doing the locomotion is a horse that ran over a hundred times, which is unheard of in quarter horse racing. And he finished racing over 13 years ago but he still lives on my farm. I still see him and pet him every single day. And he's definitely, uh, as my first horse ever bred, and one of my favorite racehorses, he's definitely one that holds a big chunk of my heart. You're a smart businessman, but you're a softie as well. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Let's talk about the uh, the steps leading up to where you are now, Bob. You're, you're one of the top trainers. Uh, it, it didn't just happen overnight, right? There had to be some steps there that... Uh, 
uh, you know, to that got you there? What were they? You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with having a good foundation, a good solid business model. And it takes time to build these things out. You can't just simply go out and spend a couple of million dollars to race horses in the province. It's very difficult to do that. Um, so you have to do it over time. So we built the barn and then we built some more pasture and we built the racetrack and we keep going. And our next steps are we're going to build an arena over the next year or two, provided COVID uh, backs off on the cost of doing any kind of development. Mm-hmm. But that is a slow and steady progression to being able to provide a larger service for our customers. And that allows us to, to provide a better racehorse when it comes to race day and a better environment for our employees. I got to ask you about your wife, Marie. How important is she to the overall business and the running of things at your Scugog Township farm? So she, she's kind of my everything. You know, mm. she uh, motivates me to do certain things and make sure that I'm aware of others. Uh, she is as dedicated to it as I am. And it's, it's a passion. It's a requirement. I, I think it's very tough to have a family-run business and not have your whole family there. My son also, he's 14 years old person. He works every day out in the barn. He knows the feed. He knows to what to look for. And I think for him, that will allow him to go into life uh, knowing how to work, knowing how to take advantage of what's around you to uh, being a better employee. Well, before we let you go, Bob, let's let's talk about the quarter horse season coming up for 2023 here in Ontario. What can you talk about or tell us about? Well, we're very excited. You know, last year... Uh, coming out of COVID was the first year we finally got our full race season in. And our fans have been very supportive, not only on the Sundays, but we race on some Wednesdays, and they have been there throughout last year. And we're hoping to build on that. We have our charity-type days. We do a hospital family fun day for our local hospital that has been in place for over 10 years now. We've raised oodles and oodles of money, it gives you a good, warm feeling when you can go into the hospital and see different pieces of equipment that that family fund they has bought and paid for and seeing where it affects a person's lifestyle. So those types of events being there, and, and we lost them during COVID, but then being back have brought the fans back out, brought the good feelings of why we're there. We're not just there for racing. We're there for part of the, to be a part of the community. Uh, it, it's just it's a very exciting thing. I just want to say to you, uh, Bob, like it's just very refreshing to talk to somebody like yourself. And uh, you also, uh, when we we talked about, uh, when I talked to you off the air, you mentioned that you have a uh, also like a computer company. Is that correct? Yes, yes. So I develop uh, customized software. I've been doing it for well over 25 years, and that's uh, kind of what allows me to do a lot of the things I do with racing. But my passion is racing. So at the beginning... Uh, 25 years ago, I was working 14-hour days and behind a desk and then trying to fit horses in afterwards. Now it's the other way around. I'm doing 12 to 14 hours of horses, and I try and fit in the computer software development time. That's great, Bob. It's great to have you on, and you are officially a friend of the show. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> to, Welcome to the club. <laughs> Thanks for well, doing this. Thank you very much. I, I look forward to uh, to discussing anything with you in the future. It's been a lot of fun, and... Uh, I look forward to hearing your show. Bob Broadstock, what a pleasure. Thank you very much. 
When we come back, friend of the show, standard bred driver James McDonald joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Costa, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. Costa, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the Costa website at costaonline.com or call 905-854-2672. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bread, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Reigning O'Brien award-winning standard bred driver James McDonald joins us today and 2022 saw him being his own highlight reel, winning 450 races at Canadian racetracks and purse winnings of $9.8 million. Wow. Let's bring him in right now, Larry Simpson. Welcome to the show, James. It's great to have you with us. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. You had such a great year, James. Uh, did you do anything different at the beginning of the year to prepare for the, the past season? Going into this year, it wasn't trying to match that or, or do anything different. It was just trying to stay consistent, keep, uh, you know, keep winning, and, and, and just trying to keep every, drive every horse and put them in a good spot. Let's dive into that, being consistent. You know, you're a very modest person. I can tell that right off the bat. So what, 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 what were you doing? What were you doing differently? What were you doing that was the same, that was consistent? What was your magic touch? You know, study, study each race and then uh, try, and, try and figure out what, what your horse's strengths and weaknesses are and, and try and go from there. Like, sometimes you, you're obviously you're going to make mistakes. You're going to overdrive some and underdrive others, and that's just part of the game. But try and do your best to have your horse in its uh, ideal position as, as best you can. Did did you have uh, anything planned for 2022 that, you know, some goals in place? that uh, Did you want to win the O'Brien Award again and, and you know, uh, be the leading driver again? Or were there some other goals? Yeah, I would say those were probably the, the number one goals. Like I, I said in a few interviews before, like five, four or five years ago, I always wanted to win an O'Brien Award, but I was so far from achieving it, it was kind of like a joke to myself, you know, I would kind of laugh and say, oh, it'll never happen, you know. <laughs> but then uh, this year, uh, coming off last year, winning it, this year it was just the same, like trying to stay on top, trying 
and uh, win the O'Brien and and go from there. Just just win, like I said, be consistent and win win some big races if you can. What is the significance of the O'Brien Award for anybody listening right now who may not know the details about it, but also what it meant to you? Oh, it meant everything to me. It's just it's like being the top of top of your field and. And uh, it's such a competitive group of drivers. They're they're all terrific. So just to be on the same track with them is an honor. And then to be uh, you know crowned last year O'Brien Award champion, it, it meant uh, it meant the world to me. Just because I think so highly of the the competition and the other guys. They're great people and they're great horsemen. Staying on the topic of winning in December, you had there was a night that uh, you won eight races. But you had ten drives. What, what happened with the other two drivers? Did, did you screw up or what? <laughs> yeah, I drove. I drove them bad. I put them in bad spots. <laughs> no, that was a very special night, and uh, I'll never forget it for sure. So, talk to us about your strategy. Do you, for instance, change your driving strategy when you drive on a smaller half-mile track than uh, Woodbine Mohawk Park or a Meadowlands, for instance? When you go to the half-mile tracks, like a lot of the sire stakes do, and, and Obviously, other days, big day, but um, you have to up your aggressiveness. I think, like, uh, if you have a good horse, you have to just try and get them in play. Obviously, the the front end where you want to be or close to it on a half mile track, it's you get taken out. You don't have the best horse in third over and, and not get anything. So, obviously, I think as the, as the track gets smaller, you have to up your aggressiveness. Kind of, you have to find that fine line and kind of play around with it. What about driving in winter months compared to summer months? Like, you know, you got weather conditions and that. Is there any difference in driving strategy? Yeah, there is a little bit. I mean, not a giant one. It's still the same goal. Uh, it's way less fun driving in the winter, that's for sure. It's just <laughs> cold. It's been crappy weather lately, a lot of mud. But uh, I think it's more important on the off nights to kind of keep an eye on the track bias. Like, uh, if the front end's holding up, if the... The horses are the winning horses are coming a lot from off the pace. Just really keep an eye out the first few races and try and get a feel for it, because you don't want to be uh, on the lead with one that has a little chance if your front end's been caving all night. So, yeah, it's just 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 kind of a little closer detail. So, what if you drive a horse in January, but you don't drive a horse again until let's say May? What do you? try to remember about the horse and what do you try to put into play if there's been that much time between drives um just kind of the same like you 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 obviously try and if you haven't driven it for a while you look back see if you had success with it or how you drove it it did have success or how you drove it if it didn't have success and maybe try and do the opposite (laughs) (laughs) but uh yeah, I think you just you learn little things about the horse each time you drive them, and you, certain things stick with you and certain things don't. So it's good just to go back, see, like I said, if you've had success, try and replicate that. If you haven't, try and change something to make it successful. So really, you're like a handicapper, right? When when you're looking at the you look at the racing program the night before, I'm I'm, I'm guessing, and and you look at your drives and and you kind of strategize right there and then this is how I'm going to uh, drive the horse and but if, if something happens obviously and the horse makes a break or something then all your strategy goes out the window right exactly yeah you're 100 percent right but the, the biggest thing is and you have to remember a lot of times you'll drive the horse and you might not have done well with it and then it'll come out the next week and it'll be favored and you, and you can't really figure out why but 
it's more important the horses you're racing against than what you're actually driving yourself. Like it, maybe the horse is taking a big drop in class. Maybe you got a great trip the week before and it just didn't work out. And uh, now he's dropping way down in class and really he doesn't need that great trip. He just, you know, you need to put him in a good spot to win. So it's like, it's a lot of handicapping. You got to know the other horses in the race. They're every bit or more important than the one you're driving yourself. Yeah, that makes sense. How do you prepare yourself and the horse for a race? Well, myself, I like I like to have a little routine. I, I, I go to the barn. I help my brother in the winter months and, and uh, just jog and help him out a little bit. And then I, I like to get an afternoon nap if I can and uh, <laughs> go from there. But in the summertime, I usually I replace the barn with golf and then the nap stays the same. <laughs> <laughs> and and the horse? <laughs> the horse, it's just, it's just one of those things. Find out what it likes. Sometimes some horses like to be really thought out in post-parade. And, and, you know, like a certain, just, just a certain, certain routine for them pre-race. And, uh, and uh, after that, it's, it's just, you know, figure out what they like, figure out their tendencies and, and try and get along with them the best they can because some of them can be temperamental or not temperamental, depending on the horse. So when you're warming the horse up before a race, uh, do you learn anything about it? it? Like, especially if you've drove it the, maybe the week before, that it might be acting a little bit differently or feeling a little bit better? Or is, is that something that you kind of learn from? Oh, absolutely, yeah. You know, some, some horses, uh, you post parade, and you can tell that night when you're out there if they're going to be any good or not. A lot of times it doesn't mean anything, but you try and you try and keep them comfortable, keep them happy, and get them in the right frame of mind right before the race, and and then usually they'll perform their best. Sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. They're they're temperamental just like us. <laughs> Very well put. So you had a great 2022, and we're now into 2023. What are your short-term and long-term goals? I would say they're 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 going to stay the same. It's uh, it's it's just going to be trying to stay consistent and. Uh, and, you know, chip away and try and show up every night with a good attitude and uh, and uh, try and get the best out of the horses, in, you, know, you know, no matter what the post is, what the race condition is, the purse is, you know, just you're just trying to get better, improve, and be consistent all the time. So that, that would probably be my long-term and short-term goals. Is there any race that you haven't won yet that you want to win? Oh, there's tons. Hamiltonian, <laughs> Little Brown Jug. You know, I want to win all the signature ones. But uh, if I can chip away one one every couple of years, that would be that would be good in my book. Who do you drive for? And this is one of those philosophical questions. But you know, who is it that you're trying to make proud? Um, my family, my my friends. You know, I don't. You, obviously, I make lots of mistakes out there, just like everyone else. And and sometimes they're like, well, "What was James doing out there?" And that's probably my biggest thing. I just don't want to let my my friends and family down. I want them to be proud of me and uh, and happy for my success if I'm having some and cheering for me when I'm not. So I, I race for yeah, for probably family and friends. I would say would be yeah. was the best there, answer. Was there ever any doubt? Because your your family is all heavily involved in in Standard racing, was there ever any doubt that you'd get into it, or maybe you might be the black sheep in the family and not want to be part of it? Well, hundred percent, there was. Uh, my brother Mark and Anthony, brothers Mark and Anthony, they were like always at the track. They lived at the track. They were in the barns. They 
went to Quebec as soon as they were like, I think they were 15, 16 years old. They were going up in the summers, going up whenever they could to, uh, to, uh, help out and work. And they knew right from the, probably the age five, they wanted to be horsemen. And I was complete polar opposite. I was, I went to school. I, I didn't want, I didn't even want like taking care of the horses at our farm. I was just dead against it. And I always would say to everyone, no, no shot. I'll ever do that. And then my, I actually, owe probably everything. My brother, Anthony, he, he was short help and got me come up when I finished high school to help give him a hand. And I, that's when I fell in love with it when I, not till I was 18 or 19. And, um, it, you know, it, it took off and it's, it's been my passion ever since. And I guess I have to ask the personal question, how old are you now, James? I'm 36. <laughs> so you've been 36. at this for about what, my math is going to be terrible, about 18 Dr- years? Driving. Yeah, but driving, yeah, 13 years. I yeah. think this is my 13th year driving. Okay. Well, I guess moving forward, the O'Brien Awards are announced in February. Uh, are you even money favorite, do you think, to win? <laughs> uh, I don't know about even money, but I, I think, you know, I, I'm confident. I've had a great year. Doug's obviously had a terrific year, too, and uh, I'm just really proud to be nominated. Uh, obviously, I'd be disappointed if I didn't win, just like I think anyone else would, but uh, we'll just wait and see what the voters say, and hopefully we'll be going up on stage in person this year. You strike me as someone who does not rest on his laurels. How do you keep this all together? I mean, it was a huge year for you last year, and you're you're edging ever closer to being the reigning O'Brien Award winner again, we hope. Uh, but how do you keep it all in perspective? How do you not let it go to your head? Uh, I think you just, like like I've kind of reiterated a few times, you just got to try and keep it simple, keep it day, day by day, one day at a time. Try and do the best you can. You're going to have lots of ups and downs, and... Uh, stay healthy is obviously the the goal number one goal in this business and uh yeah i just 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 keep working hard that's all you can do i guess final question for you james i I know you and i have spoken in the past and i had mentioned to you that you know ronnie waples had had said to me that you were probably one of the best drivers he'd ever seen and if he had a horse to drive he'd want you driving it um was there a driver that you looked up to that uh, basically set you on your career path? Um, my brothers, for sure. I mean, Anthony and Mark, I, I idolized them like from the time I started racing, and like I watched their every move. I I followed their careers closely. and uh, But I, I'm, I've been a really lucky guy, too, because they've made a lot of friends along the way, and, and I, I obviously got a lot of help from, from their friends and their, because of the family name and, and it, it definitely helped me get started up. But I, I, Jody, Mark, all, all the greats in Canadian racing, I always looked up to. Um, Rick Zeron helped me out quite a bit. Um, Keith Oliver, like there, there's been hundreds of them. And, and, you know, obviously I watch every race in the States as well. So, you know, I, I always wanted to be like uh, Tim Tetrick and, you know, Brian Sears or, you know, Yannick Shingra, those, those type of guys. And, and, uh, you know, just keep trying to work hard and do the best I can, and hopefully one day can be in the, those kind of lists. Well, win 10 out of 10 next time, James, <laughs> and you'll be in that list. <laughs> no pressure, James McDonald. Oh, my goodness. Larry has spoken. <laughs> Thank you, James. Yeah. Thanks for doing Obviously, this, James. I forgot John Campbell, but you know, oh, yeah. that's a given. That's always a given. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, thanks for doing this, James.
No problem at all. Thanks for having me, guys. Nicely done, James. Thank you. After the break, when we come back, Woodbine Senior Manager of Communications and the friend of the show, Mark McKelvey, he joins us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Live in Ontario? Ever dreamt about owning a racehorse? you need to take Ontario Racing's Horse Ownership 101 Virtual Seminars. Join horse racing expert Elisa Blow and learn about standard bred and thoroughbred ownership opportunities in Ontario with options for every price point. These free sessions are available in a one-on-one setting or as a group. For a list of seminar dates and to book your ownership seminar, go to ontarioracing.com horse ownership today. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HBIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. COSA, the Central Ontario Standard Bread Association, proudly serving Ontario horse people. COSA, helping to ensure and support a collaborative and vibrant harness racing industry based on integrity and accountability. For more information, please visit the COSA website at COSAonline.com or call 905-854-2672. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7. Friend of the show, Woodbine Senior Manager of Communications, Mark McKelvey, joins us today to talk about all things that are happening and have happened, but more importantly, what is in store. Larry Simpson is with us. Hi, Mark. Nice to hear from you. Hi. How's everybody doing today? Good. Larry? All right, Mark. Let's get right into it. (laughs) Uh, Let's talk about the tremendous racing handles at both Woodbine and Woodbine Mohawk Park this past year. Yeah, I mean, where do do you start? Yeah. (laughs) uh, It was an incredible year. Uh, First time ever that the Woodbine Entertainment uh, both products, if you combine their handles, surpass $1 billion wow. uh, in all sources wagering. So, I mean, when you hear a number like that, it's uh, eye-popping for sure. But uh, this is uh, just, I think, a, a real testament to how strong our brand is right now, specifically in the foreign markets uh, when you're talking about across North America. Um, again, our brand just continues, I think, to get stronger. Uh, it's certainly recognizable for anybody, whether they're at an off-track or they're betting through their, their favorite uh, ADW. When uh, they see that Woodbine uh, logo and they see our uh, branding on our simulcast, um, I think they know what they're going to get, and that is uh, competitive racing along with uh, real strong pools. And we know how much uh, uh, it's important to drive uh, pool size, just continue to bring in more wagering. So uh, across the board, it was a really, really good year. Um, The numbers, like I said, are are staggering, and uh, it's just going to give us uh, new targets to chase down in 2023. I find it interesting, Mark, because we were coming out of the pandemic. I mean, it's not officially over, but things seem almost back to normal in the year 2022. Did that help when it came to the mindset of those who were betting? It's almost been that the pandemic has actually boosted uh, our wagering. Um, I think a lot of people had to realize that there was uh, other alternatives, forms of entertainment. 
uh, especially those that maybe like going to casinos and things along those lines. And when uh, things were dark, you could still bet on weight, uh, horse racing and you could go online and place your bets. And I think because we were able to uh, continue racing uh, while a lot of other activities in our province uh, were unable to continue, uh, maybe we were able to bring in some new customers. But I think down in the U.S., um, where we've seen such uh, remarkable gains. I think it was a case of, um, you know, we put on a really good product throughout the pandemic. Uh, we were able to gain some eyeballs, and uh, we just been able, been able to kind of snowball that and keep that going this year. So uh, it's, it's funny, though, that you look at it and you would think that if anything should have been light, it should have been our, our business when uh, everybody was struggling through the pandemic. But it almost seems it was a bit of an opposite. I and mean, we saw such good numbers in 2020 and 2021. Uh, it wouldn't have maybe shocked them if we took a little bit of a step back, but we didn't. We saw our per rate uh, average handle go up. So it's, it was a really, really good year. And, um, you know, I'm, it's all a bit of a mystery when you wonder a little bit about uh, why we were able to have such success throughout a really tough time in the world. But uh, that being said, I think it goes back to the continued growth of our brand. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you touched on the fact that the, the foreign market, the, the U.S. market and the foreign market was so large this year, too. Obviously, that was building the brand in the past few years to get it to that stage, right? Yeah, exactly that. And um, I remember our CEO, Jim Lawson, talking a few years ago about how we had to do, uh, you know, continue to take strides to, to strengthen our brand. And I, you look at a, uh, a small change, which I guess it's a big change when you think about it. But when you look at when we decided to move uh, Standard Red Racing to Mohawk year-round, and it was renamed Woodbine Mohawk Park. Um, you know, a lot of people probably said, well, that's a silly name change. But <laughs> now you've got Woodbine uh, on both racetracks. And again, it comes back to what I said. I think when people uh, look their head up at their screen and they see that uh, that W or they see our star and our red, black, and white uh, uh, color scheme, they know exactly what they're going to get, whether that's, that's the track that's in Toronto or the track that's uh, just outside of Milton. And uh, I think that brand recognition uh, has been really important. Mark McKelvey, what do you do as communications manager for two racetracks? Yeah, basically managing public relations and obviously our relations with our our various uh, stakeholders in the media game, uh, as well as uh, communicating back and forth with our horse people. That's that's a large part of it that uh, I'm sure for a lot of people on the outside that they probably don't uh, pick up on. We have a backstretch at, at Woodbine over a thousand horses there during the heart of the racing season. Um, And you think about all the people that are working back there on a day-to-day basis. So I work really closely with the racing team to make sure that uh, if there's any messaging that needs to get out there, um, that we're able to do that in this well um, throughout the racing season, continuing to try and raise awareness. Uh, You know, we do have a great marketing team, but as well, um, you know, we try to leverage our relationships with our various media partners to get uh, as much coverage that we can for our races. Talk about some of your own personal highlights of last year, uh, Mark, uh, on both sides, the Stanabreds and, and Thoroughbred. Obviously, the Stanabreds probably going to center around some guy by the name of James McDonald or something, <laughs> right? But <laughs> It was a pretty remarkable season, that's for sure, for James. Uh, I guess if I start on the Stanabred side, I'd say for me, a personal highlight was the Breeders' Crown. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an event that we get to host every three or four years. Uh, so when it does come, uh, it's all hands on deck, and you want to continue to see it grow from the previous edition, and that's exactly what we did. Uh, we last hosted in 2019, uh, and then this past season, uh, it was a two-night event, over $8 million wagered, great crowds, great atmosphere. And as well, on a personal note, um, you go back to your, your the previous question about some of my roles. 
uh, we put on a, a post position draw and press conference uh, several days out from the Breeders' Crown. It was so well attended, and we actually took it off-site. We held it at Country Heritage Park in Milton, a uh, beautiful facility, uh, something a little different than what we normally do. Normally, we just bring people out to the track. Obviously, we have a great hospitality team there, but uh, we wanted to shake things up, maybe give everybody a bit of a night out, and um, that was a real success, something that maybe we're going to be able to continue doing with some of our other marquee events going forward. I think the participants really, really appreciated it. It's something outside the box. So that was, that was a certain highlight for me. And, and on the thoroughbred side, uh, obviously the, the Queen's Plate um, in uh, mid to late August, that was a real good event again. Uh, we saw strong numbers, especially uh, when we were able to finally get um, fans back out uh, just like we normally could before the pandemic. Uh, we sold out all of our tickets, so that was really strong as well. Um, talking a bit about my role, we were able to uh, bring up some of our U.S. media partners uh, for the Queen's Plate, something that uh, we hadn't been able to do for several years. Uh, just to continue, like we said, keeping uh, Woodbine on their mind and, and continue to get uh, the conversation going and get coverage for our races south of the border. Uh, like I said, we saw those gains um, when it comes to wagering there, so we want to maintain that and um, creating good relationships. Uh, that's certainly something that uh, I work at uh, on a daily uh, to continue getting the best coverage we can for our racing. So those are a couple of highlights for me. It was, it was a really good year. And uh, I think, if anything, 2022 was able to kind of establish um, kind of a new new settings when it comes to, okay, where are we at? And now we got to just kind of continue to raise the bar. How important is it that it will be the King's Plate this year? It's going to be really important. And I think uh, a lot of people are going to be really excited when they – uh, we finally get to the event, but in the lead-up, I think it's such an opportunity to sort of uh, uh, reimagine the race. Obviously, we know the race doesn't change. The best three-year-olds are going to be here, the best Canadian three-year-olds. Um, you got such a rich history to it, over 160 years. So the race itself doesn't change. But the event, uh, obviously, you know, all the, the pomp and circumstance, the fashion aspect to it, there's so many different avenues that we can go with this now. And uh, just having a, a new name for it, uh, that's the opportunity for new logos, new assets to be created, maybe new color schemes. I mean, there's a, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. And um, as well, it gives you that opportunity to sort of break away from, um, I'm not going to say to break away from tradition, because we know uh, how rich in tradition the Queen's Plate and the King's Plate is. But just some of the little things that we do that maybe we haven't tried before because we said, oh, we always did things this way. Well, now you have an opportunity to maybe change things up. So I'm really excited. And uh, I don't think a, a lot of people said to me that you worry that maybe the casual racing fan or the person who is uh, seeking events in the city of Toronto might not uh, pick up on what's the King's Plate. They know what the Queen's Plate is, but <laughs> yeah. are they going to pick up on what KP now stands for in King's Plate? I- I'm not worried about that at all. I think we've got a great team behind us that's going to do a great job promoting this event. And, and I think uh, this this uh, event, which is going to take place in mid-August, is going to remain as one of those uh, must-attend events for event seekers in the city of Toronto. And on that topic, Mark, uh, this year now is the 20th uh anniversary of the last triple crown winner in Canada, which was Wando, right? So, and yeah. we, it's been proven in the past that, uh, it, it's a very difficult, uh, uh, three leg race to, uh, to win because of the fact that one races on the turf or one's, one's at the Ford Erie on the dirt, one's on the turf. And, and, and then you got the tapita for the, uh, King's plate. Now, um, You've you've watched a lot of the two-year-olds campaign in that uh, this past season, and they're going to be three-year-olds. Is there a chance, outside chance, we may see a Triple Crown winner next year? 
I don't think I can go on record right now and, <laughs> and go that far because, like you said, it happens so rarely. Uh, the one thing that I, I'm looking at is um, we have a, you know, a great racing team that uh, puts a lot of uh, effort into coming up with the stake schedule and, and coming up with what is an, an ideal time frame for these events. So uh, I know in the last couple of years we, we saw the Queen's Plate and now the King's Plate get shifted to a little later in the season. So maybe you can wonder how that plays a factor when it comes to a horse having a chance to, to make that bid for the Triple Crown. They're going to have a little more seasoning under their belt. That being said, does it often open up the opportunity for maybe some late bloomers to really push? Uh, it, it, I guess it doesn't probably really matter when you think about it because at the end of the day, it just is going to take a real special horse. <laughs> That's what it comes down to, whether it's uh, the start of the year, the end of the year, or middle of the year, for a horse to win the Triple Crown. We know how difficult it is to do, and we know that it's going to need to be a, a real special horse to come through. And, and hopefully... Um, I mean, uh, sometimes uh, we're sitting there in the media office hoping to find some storylines. It'd be great to have that storyline there, especially if, if when we bring back the, an event like the King's Plate to maybe have a, a horse go on and, and make a bid or at least get close to, to winning the Triple Crown. It would be a lot of fun to, to track that, just like we all were a couple of years ago with Mighty Heart. Mark, who are people talking about right now at Woodbine Mohawk Park, and who do people have their eye on when it comes to jockeys at Woodbine? Well, of course, uh, we saw in the last, season i guess we can call it now 2022 it was uh the season of repeats we saw kazushi kamura lead once again uh, as the top jockey at uh, woodbine and uh, exciting now that he's riding this winter in california so it gives us something to track and i think we all know what a special talent kazushi is he was recognized uh on a, on a much bigger stage a few years ago as as uh, the up-and-comer and so i think it's going to be really cool to see the steps he takes forward in his career um, as well on the standard red side, the, the rise of James McDonald over the last couple of seasons has been incredible. Um, I know when you think about uh, the fact that James has been driving at Woodbine Mohawk Park for pretty much a decade now regularly, but in the last two years to really vault himself to the top and not just get there, but it looks like he's going to stay there and continue to dominate. It's been a lot of fun to watch and uh, I, I don't see either of those gentlemen slowing down in 2023 <laughs> because we know what it is uh, when it comes to either being a jockey or a driver. A lot of it comes down to having power. And right now they've got all the power and, and obviously they've got the tools and the skills to continue uh, going forward with that and having lots of success. Okay, I guess final question for you, Mark. Uh, what do you do in your downtime? I don't think he has any, Larry. <laughs> there you go. There's the answer. No, I, I, I thought it was a good time. question. I think it's a great question. <laughs> I try to find some time. That being said, uh, I think a lot of people that uh, know me know how much uh, I just love being around the track as well. Um, and you know this, Larry. I have a, a passion for junior hockey, so I do broadcast uh, OHL games as well mm. all, uh, all winter long. So I log a, a ton of miles throughout the winter. Uh, probably do even more driving in the winter than I do throughout the summer, even though in the summer I'm going uh, on a more consistent basis back and forth between Woodbine and Mohawk. So uh, I stay very busy. Um, I don't think I've ever experienced burnout. Uh, maybe that's <laughs> something that'll come one day, but uh, I'm not sure that I ever will because uh, when you're doing something you love, uh, isn't that the saying, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like work. So uh, I really uh, enjoy staying busy, and uh, I always think i got the best of both worlds between uh, horse racing and, and hockey. Mark, thanks for doing this. Uh, you've been a real trooper. <laughs> and an inspiration, let me add. <laughs> and you're, you're tiring me out listening to you. <laughs> Mark well, McKelvey. Thank you very much, and all the best in 2023 to, to both of you. You uh, too. Thanks, Mark McKelvey, so much. 
After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course some racing at several other North American tracks. So make sure your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime right now. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to ontarioracing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering platform and the Dark Horse app, the best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Before we wrap up the show, of course, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Larry gives us his pony picks of the day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Take it away, Larry. Thanks, Anne. Let's start at Fairgrounds in New Orleans. They have a 10-race card today, including a couple of uh, Louisiana-bred stakes events, including race nine, which is six furlongs on the dirt for four-year-olds and upward. Number eight, SWOT Analysis is one of two horses for friend of the show, Mark Cassie. SWOT Analysis' last race was actually at Woodbine on December the 11th, where he almost went wire to wire in an optional $50,000 claimer at six and a half furlongs. Now, a couple of key indicators to this race. One, it was at six and a half furlongs. Today, he cuts back to six furlongs. And probably more important is that December race was with open company here at, uh, at Woodbine. And today, as mentioned, SWOT analysis is in with Louisiana breads. That last race was on the tapita surface at Woodbine. And today, SWOT analysis is on the fairgrounds dirt track. Uh, does he like dirt? You bet he does. Last year on February 6th at the fairground, SWAT analysis went wire to wire at today's six furlong distance, and he won by five and three quarter lengths in a 94 speed rating, buyer speed rating, which is a, his career high. Trainer Mark Cassie has worked SWAT analysis twice since shipping from Woodbine. Two of them are back to back four furlongs works, 
and he's 17% with horses making their second start off a layoff of 45 to 180 days. So fairgrounds, race nine, number eight, SWOT analysis. Let's go to Santa Anita as they host a 10 race card today with several California bred stakes races on tap. One of these, the $150,000 Sunshine Millions Turf Sprint, which is race six for four-year-olds at uh, six and a half furlongs, uh, four-year-old fillies and mares, I should say, on the turf, six and a half furlongs. Number three, Alice Marble has been prepped for today's start as she raced for the first time since May on November 26th, a race that at five furlongs on the Del Mar turf was just too short for her. That last race, though, was a perfect prep for Alice Marble, and she should appreciate not only the extra distance today, but also the fact that today she's back in with other California-bred mares. I like the fact, too, that leading jockey Flavian Pratt is back aboard today, and Alice Marble's trainer, Phil D'Amato, is 30% with horses making their second start off a long layoff, which we have here today with Alice Marble. Since that last race, too, Alice Marble shows four works, including two five-furlong ones, and we love those five-furlong works. So Santa Anita, race six, number three, Alice Marble. The Meadowlands has a 14-race card tonight, and that through the Christmas season, you'll see horses starting to race with more regularity. So I think if you're doing some handicapping, you need to go through and see if you can find one horse that's raced on a 7- to 10-day span over the last few weeks. Uh, race five presents this type of uh, play. It's a one-mile pace, a purse of $16,000 claiming handicap, uh, twenty-five to 30000 claiming price. Number seven, Boiler Maker, has raced on a seven-day rotation schedule since December 4th, twice at the Meadowlands and three times at Philadelphia. He's been a beaten favorite his last two starts, and his last start at the Meadowlands on New Year's Eve, he finished third as a beaten favorite and only lost by a length. But I do like the fact that he's been a beaten favorite twice. Uh, he's Importantly, he's raced on a seven-day rotation uh, over the last month. His uh, driver, Jordan Stratton, is back down to drive, and he actually won with him at the Meadowlands on December the 17th. So the Meadowlands race five, number seven, Boilermaker. Finally, we go to Woodbine Mohawk Park. They have an 11 race card, and race 10 is the second leg of the pop-up series. Number two, Jet Rock, was in the go on December 31st in the first leg of the series. And even though he had been off 20 days after shipping in from Rito Carlton in Ottawa, this seven-time winner was expected to race very well last week. He did finish third last week, but raced with broken equipment throughout. And actually, because the equipment broke at the start, Jet Rock was actually scratched out of the wagering pools. If anything, last week's start worked, I think, as a perfect conditioner for Jet Rock. And now that he's back on a regular rotation, we should start to see the good form that he showed at Rideau Carlton. I'm going to go Woodbine Mohawk Park, race 10, number two, Jet Rock. Larry, you have outdone yourself as always. Thank you so much. And a quick shout out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. And our final goodbye. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. A reminder, if you would like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and by the way, a new one will be released shortly, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And please don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada a campaign. It's called Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information, go to the landing page lymphoma.ca forward slash ponies. Please donate to this cause and keep in mind January 15th through the 31st for the second online silent auction of sports and horse racing memorabilia. Also guest experiences all in support of the very good work of Lymphoma Canada. Stay with us here on 105.9 The Region all weekend long and thank you for listening. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.